With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome. My name is Andrew and this is the Who Dat Discussion, a New Orleans Saints podcast where we talk about all Saints news, opinions, and reactions. So before we get into some Saints news and talk about the Saints and Panthers in this Week 17 matchup, and then also have some great Who Dat Nation fan questions, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who watched last episode. It was our highest viewed episode with over um, 4,000 views. It's trending towards 4,500 views. So for me, that's just, I mean, to think you know, a couple months ago, you know, this Who Dat discussion wasn't even a podcast. Now, you know, we're getting, I mean, trending towards 5,000 views for an episode. To me, it's just, it's so great. And thank you for everyone who has made this dream a reality for me. And look, I just love talking about the Saints. And I love that you guys have been able to talk Saints with me. I've been able to talk to and meet so many Saints fans. And it's just really, it's just, I'm having such a great time. Hope everyone else is having a great time. And also, Saints are playing really good football. And that's what we're just going to jump right into. So first, we're going to look at some Saints news. As the Saints, a lot of news this week, even though coming off of a huge victory against the Steelers that clinched the number one seed. We'll start with some recent news just coming out yesterday that Ben Watson is going to retire at the end of the season at 38 years of age. I mean, look, he's such a great tight end. He's been really the epitome of um, consistency and that stuff. It's just to think about that. It's just, I mean, the consistency that he's had for 14 years. He's won Super Bowls. Obviously such a great person to think about that. I mean, look, he is a very solid NFL player. Just looking at his stats this year, he had 33 catches, 371 yards, two TDs. So to think at the you know 38 years of age, number one, he's also a great blocker. To do that at age 38 is so great. I mean, look, also career, he's got over 500 catches with 530 catches. He's got over 5,000 yards, almost at 6,000 yards with 5,856 yards and then 44 touchdowns. So to me, that's just great numbers. I mean, we'll see what he can do the rest of the season in the playoffs for the Saints. But I mean, look, he is the epitome of being solid, epitome of consistency. And I just want to say congratulations to him on retirement. And look, he's just, he's an overall pros pro, really good player. And, you know, he deserves it. And um, look, obviously we're going to miss him in the locker room as our tight end. You know, we're going to have another hole there next season, which we kind of did it in this offseason. But we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, we're just going to see where this um, group takes us, especially going into next season. I mean, maybe the Packers cut Jamie Graham and the Saints could take a flyer on him. That's obviously a possibility. But looking at it, I just see that, Going into next season, there will be a hole at tight end, and we'll see how the Saints want to fill it, maybe through the draft, something like that. But to me, that's just really interesting there. But congratulations to Ben Watson, Big Ben Watson, Preacher Ben, all those great nicknames Saints fans have for him. He deserves it. And um, I just want to say that, you know, he 
should definitely be able to retire, even though he could probably go on and play and be pretty solid because he's been, throughout his career, he's never had a really bad year. I mean, like, this is one of his worst years, and this is not a bad year by any stretch of the imagination. He also played 15 games for the Saints, and to me, that's just really big there. Also, um, the Saints signed two veteran depth linemen with Derek Newton and Cornelius Lucas for depth. I mean, just looking at it, it seems that the Saints are going to not start Taron Armstead, which we kind of know. They're going to try to get him ready for the playoffs. They definitely won't start Bushrod, who has an ankle injury. And then also, Larry Walford did not practice the first two, so maybe he's a little banged up. I'm not, don't chance it on them. Don't play them. And then you just put these backup linemen. It'll be nice to see Derek Newton play after you know he t- tore both of his patella tendons. He'd be the first player to play, you know, if he can play, um, to, to overcome that injury. So that's really good for him. I mean, he's he was a starter with the Texans, so maybe he can come to that level, maybe a little less, but we'll see what happens there. I mean, to me, it just gives them extra depth for this game. They will probably be cut, and the people that they did, they did cut, Josh Robinson and Michael Lowen, will probably be added back on for the playoffs, but we'll have to see that there. But these players will probably get playing time in this game, and... I think that's just an interesting thing. It's going to show that the Saints will not play most of their linemen because their line is banged up. So to me, get these guys out there. I want to see Will Clapp play. I want to see Cameron Tom play. And I think that's just the best for this team. And look, I think that just means that get these guys ready, get the offensive line ready for the divisional round, whoever we play. So now on to a Saints versus Panthers preview. Um, Look, this game, Week 17, it's going to be probably a lot of bench players. Panthers have nothing to play for. Saints really got nothing to play for either. But I think the Saints do have a little bit to play for, and that's momentum. And we're going to get in that a little later. But we're going to start off with some notes because the Saints can break a lot of records this week if they do play their starters. I mean, first, a win here with the Saints would give them a 14-2 record, which would be the best in franchise history. The Saints have scored also on 53.5% of their offensive possessions, which is the highest since the 2007 Patriots, who were just an amazing team in their own right. They were undefeated until the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just a great job there. I mean, the Saints didn't allow a 100-yard rusher this season. That would be the fourth time that happened in franchise history. I mean, the Saints have also, the offensive line only has 14 accepted penalties. 21 was that before, and that was in 2009. I mean, so they're going to probably crush that record. Offense, the opponents, excuse me, have only returned 12 punts this year on the Saints. That would be a franchise low as well since 2011. I mean, that's just, not since 2011, that would be the low of, two, that since the 2011, that would break that record, excuse me, there. I mean, only 60 punt return yards on the Saints this season. That would be the lowest in the NFL history. So that's just all the team records. I mean, a lot of great offensive records and even some defensive records. So to me, that's just really good. That's what you want to see there by the Saints. Um, individual uh, records that the Saints can break. You're looking at Mark Ingram. He needs 117 yards to break Deuce McAllister's record. Now, he would probably have to break a couple of, of long runs to get this. But, I mean, he would have to come back next year, it seems, to break this record. We kind of knew it was going to be hard for him because he had the four-game suspension. So, to me, look, I mean, it's not that bad there. I mean, but he's obviously a great player. Second, Overall in rushing yards, I mean, he's been very consistent with the Saints, and he definitely deserves, if he leaves or if he stays, he deserves a great congratulations because he has just been a great player for us. I mean, he's also got 55 total touchdowns as a Saint. That's ties, 
him with McAllister for second place behind Marcus Colston. So if he gets a touchdown, that from alone behind Colston. Um, Kamara, he's got 18 touchdowns. He's currently tied with Dalton Hilliard. And if he just gets one more, that gives him the most touchdowns in franchise history. Drew Brees, he has thrown for 3,992 yards. He needs eight more yards to have his four, his con- 13th consecutive 4,000-yard season. Excuse me. That is a franchise record already. Um, it's actually, it's franchise record, obviously. But he needs one more season, if you'd get it this year, to break Peyton Manning's record. Which, I mean, I hope they just put him out of series, get this record. Because, I mean, look, I know he doesn't care about it, but... For his legacy, it's just very, it's not very big for him to get this, but it would be nice. Look, I don't think he, I think this offense may need a little more um, time on the field. Maybe not. Um, We'll see what happens. I want to see Teddy basically most of the game, but maybe like a preseason game, just one possession. We'll see what happens. If it's anything like 2009, um, Drew Brees was just inactive for that game. That's, that could happen too, but to me, I think you just got to see how the game flows. Maybe if it was a bad first possession. Just take the guys out, call it a day. But if they had a good possession, maybe put them out for two or just sit them. I mean, look, I'd be fine with both ways. Just don't get anyone hurt. So maybe sitting them is the best option. But um, to me, I think Drew deserves enough to get this record if he wants it. If he doesn't want it, just sit him the whole game maybe. That's probably the best for everyone. This is a meaningless game. It doesn't really matter. So maybe sitting them is the best option there. I mean, Will Lutz, he has 134 points recorded this season. That's 13 behind John Casey's record in 2011. Um, These records, they go just go on and on. Michael Thomas, he needs 23 more um, yards to break Joe Horan's record. He leads the NFL, and Thomas leads the NFL with 120 catches. So it seems like that the Saints, he'll have that record if he plays a little bit. He probably would need a couple catches, but... um, I think that's really it there for him. He may not get it, but it's because all these guys that are behind him will play week 17, but Thomas probably won't. So that's kind of interesting there. Um, Mike Thomas is going to have the best catch rate in NFL history. That's obviously great there with 85.7% of his catches caught. And then also he needs two more catches to be in top seven for single season NFL catches record. So that's kind of interesting there. And that seems like, that is it for the Saints. A ton of records, and wow, it's just on and on and on. So that's all for our notes segment, a long note seven segment. This is the longest note seven. It's because usually last game of the season, you're very close to records, but if you're not going to play, there's really no need to have this, these records here. But now on to our storylines. And look, there are not going to be that many storylines here. It's probably going to be a little short. This whole preview will probably be a short segment just because, I mean, look, we don't really know who's going to play, who's not going to play until game time. And it's a meaningless game. So to preview a meaningless game, it's con- it's not silly because it's, it's not meaningless by any means because this is this is a good momentum game. But to me, um, there's not much to preview because we don't really know what's going to happen in this game. But we'll start with some storylines. And we'll start with, is this going to be Teddy Bridgewater showcase? And I think it's going to be because, look, I don't think they're going to play Breeze a lot. Maybe one possession, maybe two. But besides that, Bridgewater will get the rest of the game. Maybe even see some Taysom Hill in there. But Bridgewater, I mean, to me, I think he it's right for him because he's going to have to go out there in free agency and going to try to get money. And it's really only right for him to get at least some tape on him. I think he can be a very good player. We'll see what happens. Um, when you look at it, I mean, him and Breeze would be the same age if we signed him, you know, like, 
uh, for four or five years, and then he would start two years down the road. Him and Breeze would be the same age when they started with the Saints. That's kind of interesting. But to me, I mean, look, he played great in the preseason with the Jets. Um, I saw him firsthand being from New York. So, I mean, look, he can definitely show off. He has a lot of great um, abilities. I mean, look, he, he's a pocket passer. He can throw down the field. To me, he's very, very good at that. So I think, look, we're going to see what he can do out there. He's a little more mobile too. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I think you guys let him play. I think let him shine, and we'll see what happens. I mean, look, to me, I wouldn't sign Teddy if if you don't know anything about him. So, I mean, maybe him being in the building for a full year, you kind of know a lot about him. But um, we'll see now um, when he actually gets on the field and plays. To me, that's very important there. Now on to... Our next storyline, and it's, do the Saints have something to play for? Is it momentum, or are they just really going to probably come out flat, not have a good game, and fall to for 13-3? and three? So to me, I think there is something to play for, and that is momentum. Um, I think you got to play for some momentum here, because 14-2, number one, would be a franchise record. Sounds a lot better than 13-3. and three. You're going in as a one seed. You're going in, you know, let's do this thing. I mean, you're coming off now how many wins in a row. I think that's five, would be five straight wins in a row so that's obviously really big there also four wins in a row that would be big as well so when you're looking at it i mean winning these games is just really big i mean not really big because if you lose at the end of the day it doesn't really matter but it definitely means something because you would like to go out win this game it makes you feel a lot better going into that next bye week but especially you know, coming on monday in a recap i'd be oh saints win it looks great teddy played amazing backups look great we have so much depth and it just shows how good the saints are and that's really the whole um storylines of the preseason was saints have so much depth coming in really strong and it was good you know going three and one it was nice but now we're looking at it and it's can the saints really um if they lost it would be can the saints are they problem i don't think that would be the case you know they wouldn't say oh the saints have a problem no one would say that i wouldn't say that or anyone else so to me, it's kind of a win-win scenario here. You can take it like momentum, and probably if we win, the players will take it like momentum. But if we lose, the players probably say, oh, it's nothing. And everyone will probably say, oh, it's nothing. So to me, it would be nice to get that momentum. But if we don't, it's not the end of the world there. Now on to our final storyline, and that's will the Carolina Panthers play their starters? And to me, it's probably going to be a mix. We all know that their third starter, Kyle Allen, will play at quarterback. So that's definitely interesting there on experience first start we'll see what he's got and we don't have any tape on him but i think we'll be able to disrupt him even with our backups and find success i think we should be able to do that there they'll probably play mccaffrey probably play the wide receivers but anyone banked up they probably won't play and that's probably the same with the saints and i don't think the saints will play their starters for most of the game either maybe at the beginning of the game to get some more chemistry but all in all you'll probably see a lot of the backups and there and that's what i really think um the Panthers have nothing to play for, 6-9. and nine. I guess the only thing they're playing for is that not the first team in NFL history to start 6-2 and two and then lose eight straight to lose the season, to lose the the rest of the season, excuse me, to go 6-10. Um, and 10. Like That's really embarrassing. So maybe you don't want to do that, get a win against your rival, play some of your starters. They're definitely going to be a little more motivated than the Saints. But at the end of the day, I think the Saints are also going to be motivated to get that momentum up. And as we just talked about it, I think it matters. And, I mean, we'll see what happens there. But I think the Panthers are definitely playing for a pride and just to not lose eight straight games when they were six and two. The Panthers are coming in. They looked great, but you lose, you lose, you lose. Losses compile and you will get eight straight losses or seven straight losses. Could be eight straight losses. To me, that's just really interesting there. I mean, to even think about that, I mean, that's a lot of losses in a row, but 
look, um, they probably they, they got to play for that, and um, they're going to try to stop that streak there. So now on to our group by group preview. Usually, we usually go through each group, you know, starting with QB, going through the coaches, and we talk about who has the event, Saints, or the team they play. But this week, we're just going to say, because we don't know who's going to play or not, I did a little research, who's going to play for the Saints, and are we going to see some backups? So starting with the QB, to me, I think Breeze will probably play one series. Um, That's what I hope he does. He could also play none of the game, but he's not going to play like three quarters or play the whole game already, thing like that. Get him maybe a couple of snaps in there. Get some more chemistry with his with some guys that were hurt, like Ted Ginn, stuff like that, and then take them take him out. Get him the record, 4,000-yard record, and take him out. To me, that's the most advantageous for the Saints, but they can sit him a whole game, and I wouldn't be surprised at that. You're going to see a lot of Teddy Bridgewater in this game. We're going to get a nice evaluation for him against an NFL team in a regular season game. So I think that will definitely be interesting there. Now on to our skill position players. And to me, all these guys will probably cycle in and out. For the running backs, I think 5 to 10 touches is what you'll see. And then a lot of Dwayne Washington. Kamara give him 5 to 10. Ingram 5 to 10. And the rest, Dwayne Washington. There, the wide receiver is probably the same thing. Give Michael Thomas some opportunities, but then take him out. We don't want him getting hurt at all. And then I want to see a lot of Ted Ginn to get um, his feet under him with the injury. Give him more reps. He looked fine, so keep him out there. I want to see a lot of Tommy Lee Lewis, a lot of... Austin Carr, a lot of Keith Kirkwood. I want to see Keith Kirkwood in an expanded role because I think he's got a future, and we'll see what he's got there. To me, I think that's very, very interesting to see what he can give to us. So I want to see him um, get him more acclimated to the offense. I think that's really big when you look at the tight ends. So you'll probably see Ben Watson, probably not at all, maybe one series like Breeze, and then the rest you want to see Dan Arnold, Josh Hill, all that fun stuff there. And then also going to the offensive line, um, to me – we talked about earlier, you'll probably see none of the starters, or maybe just Max Unger, or maybe just Ramchek. To me, they signed this depth offensive line to make sure that they don't have to play any of their star players there. Get the depth in. They've been having some injury issues with the starters. Get the depth in. Play Derek Newton. Make him be the first player to play to play with two torn patella tendons. That would be kind of an interesting story. And have Cornelius Lucas, excuse me, have him play. And to me, that's just what you want to see from the O-line. Going to the D-line, again, I probably wouldn't play Cam Jordan, maybe one series. But I want to see a lot of Davenport. Um, He hasn't been able to get a real groove since the beginning of the season. Then he got hurt, and we haven't really seen anything of him since. He's been kind of a ghost. So get him back out there. Get him a lot of opportunities. Let him play most of the game, and we'll see what he can do there. And obviously get him ready for the playoffs and that stuff. Get him in a groove. Maybe he can pick up a sack or two. I think that's really important. And also I want to see a lot of Taylor Stallworth, players like him, David Onyemata. Um, You don't want to play your Sheldon Rankins. You'll probably see Alex Okafor in the spot that um, Cam Jordan usually has. To me, that's what you'll do. You'll see a lot of Trey Hendrickson because he was not cut. He's here, and I think you're going to see a lot of him play. I think that's really important there, and that's really what it is from the defensive linemen. A lot of depth pieces, and it's really throughout. Same with linebackers. You'll probably see a lot of Alex Anzalone. That Not that much of Demario Davis, probably. Not that much of A.J. Klein, but a lot of Manti Teo, probably. A lot of um, Anzalone, as I said. To me, I think that's what you'll see. But probably a cycle in and out. You'll probably see some of our starters, some not. That's what usually happens on defense. And then when you're looking at the cornerbacks, to me, I would like them to get in a little groove. You'll probably see Eli Apple in there, Marshawn Lattimore at the beginning of the game, but they'll cycle out. And then you'll see a lot of Justin Hardy, probably. 
probably a return of Ken Crawley and those types of players with the safeties, probably a lot of Kurt Coleman. So I think that's what you want to see from those cornerback position there. And then the special teams, you'll probably see them play as we don't really have many backups. You'll probably see lots in there. Thomas Morstead getting ready for the playoffs as well. When you look at the coaching, they'll be there as always, because that's always one of our topics. We won't obviously talk about them there. It's going to be important for them to really have a good game plan to cycle in and out. Um, Sean Payton did say this is a regular game plan for the Panthers. This is just not a, you know, we're packing them for the playoffs. This is a game plan. They want to win this game. So even if it's with backups, they want to win this game. So I think that's really big there. Now on to our Houdat Nation fan questions. Our first question is from Houdat231341, and he asks, Breeze or Mahomes? So this is definitely a big topic for the MVP. Obviously, he's talking about who would you pick? I think that was his real question. And I really went into this because I wanted to see, you know, when you're looking at the stats, everyone knows the stats. I don't even want to talk about the stats because everyone knows Mahomes got most of the stats in his favor or the basic stats. You know, look at yards. Mahomes going to have a 5,000 yard season. Very good for him. He's going to have a ton of touchdowns, um, more than Breeze, obviously. He's going to have more picks. That's obviously uh, towards Breeze's favor there. And he'll probably have a lot more picks, double. So when you're looking at that, that's obviously big for Breeze. But to me, I'm going to go that there's going to be, for the first time in a very long time, there's going to be a co-MVP, and I think Mahomes will get it and Breeze will get it because both have a lot of upside, but both have their issues. And obviously, with Breeze, it's the yards, and it's the touchdowns, and he's still got a lot of touchdowns. He's got 32 touchdowns, I believe he has, and then also he has four rushing, so really 36 total touchdowns to Mahomes in the 40s, 42 touchdowns. So when you look at it, not that much of a difference, but look, that's a lot of a lot of touchdown differences. Mahomes will be playing um, on Sunday. Breeze won't. So those yards will probably be even more of a disparity when you look at it. But to me, when you look at it, they were very equal have they played this year. Saints obviously have the record, 13-2, and two, going for 14 wins. And the Chiefs have struggled of late. They have four losses. They are 11-4. and four. They are not by any means to be the best team in the league. They would probably be the fourth seed in the NFC. I know they're the one seed in their conference. But in the NFC, they'd be the fourth seed. The Bears are better to me. The um, Rams are better and the Saints are better. And look, when you look at that, that's going to be a definitely a notch in Mahomes' favor. But then you got to look at Breeze. He's not had the stats that he's always has, but he has had a couple things going his way. He has the best passer rating, best QB rating, best rating by pro football focus. To me, that all matters, and that's going to be all toward his, his favor. Just, and to me, that matters just as much as the yards do with Mahomes' favor, as Mahomes is going to probably break records there. Um, I think also that goes in Mahomes' favor. He's like the NFL's um, shiny new toy. They love him. The media loves him, all that stuff. Breeze, older guy, has never really won the MVP, never really it has been flashy. That's probably why he hasn't won the MVP in the past, hasn't had the wins, hasn't had whatever. And now they got Mahomes. That's another point in Breeze's way. So who are we going to see there? When you look at that, that's definitely interesting there. When you weigh it both ways, they both have their faults. And they're very equal when you look at it. And they're equal in different respects. But I wouldn't be surprised. And that, that's what I would do. I would give the co-MVP out. And I know it's kind of a cop-out. And maybe not a lot of people want to see it. But to me, this is the right time where you want to do it. To me, when you're looking at Breeze, he had a stretch on the road where he just wasn't 
that successful. And I know a lot of people are Breeze lovers. I'm a Breeze lover. I love Drew Breeze. My favorite player in NFL history by far. He's the reason that um, we're probably all here doing this with the Saints being 13-2. and two. He's not probably. It is, he is the reason that the Saints are here. He's the reason that Sean Payton has his job for so long. We know that. And no one's going to fault that. But he went through that stretch where it just was not a good stretch. It lost us a game against the Cowboys. It almost lost us a game against the Panthers. And then he had a great second half against the uh, Bucks. First half was not good. So when you look at it on the road, he just wasn't the same QB at the end of the season. At the beginning of the season, he was great on the road. Had a great road game against the Giants. Had a great road game against the Falcons. Had a very, very solid road game against Baltimore that got them the win. But when you look at it, just those last three games, it's hard to give him the full-out MVP when you have Mahomes putting the stats up he is. And they're winning games, 11-5, and or if they go 12-4, and that's not a bad record by any means. So when you look at it, I kind of see what the Mahomes people are saying. But then I'm seeing what the Saints people are saying. And what I really would like, I really want to see Breeze win it. You know, but when you're looking at it um, from stepping back as not a Saints fan, but as an analyst, you see that it's about equal and you give him the call MVP. I maybe give the slightest edge to Breeze because he should have won one in the past. And Mahomes will get another chance to win one down the road. Guaranteed. He's a great QB. Sean Payton loved him, and I see why he loves him. He has an amazing arm. He's a Brett Favre-type player with Andy Reid, and he's in a great system, all that stuff. But when you look at Drew Brees, he deserves one. He should have won one in 09. You give it to Peyton Manning, fine. He's got the better stats, got the better passer rating, whatever. Then you go 2011. He's got better stats than Aaron Rodgers. He's got two less wins, just like Brees has to Mahomes. And Rodgers has the 120 passer rating, better QBR, stuff like that. They give it to Rodgers, even though Brees has the more yards, more touchdowns. Yada, yada, yada. And now that's a very similar situation this year. And who you're going to give it to, to me, it's tough. And also Mahomes, they both don't play in the best big market. They, don't, they don't, both don't play in L.A. or uh, New York. Obviously, love New Orleans. It's a great place to play. But it's definitely not the huge markets that New York and L.A. are. But Kansas City is probably even smaller market than New Orleans. So when you're looking at it, that's probably not a factor. It's just I think that it's going to go towards Mahomes, that co-MVP, even though Breeze maybe has a slight edge, it's because Mahomes is that new toy. All the media loves him. And who's voting on this award? It's the media. So when you look at it, um, it's very, very tough. I would give the co-MVP out if I'm just stepping back as a you know independent party and all that stuff. I would probably give the co-MVP. They're very, very similar in the way that, not that they play, they play in different ways, but just when you chalk it up, it's like equal. You know, you can give it to any player, and I think it'd just be most fair. You give Breeze his co-MVP. He gets that MVP. Mahomes, look, had an amazing season, breakout season. You give him the MVP as well, and it's a little of a cop-out, but that's really where I stand on it. If Breeze comes – if Mahomes, excuse me, comes out and has just an awful game, Week 17, and in the playoffs, he's a one-and-done player, and they're done. Uh, The Chiefs in the past have had trouble in the playoffs. Then you look at it, and you say – it's Breeze. You know, Breeze will get it. If Mahomes comes out week 17, fires, gets that one seed, they're going to go to the Super Bowl, whatever that, probably go to Mahomes. But then if you look at Breeze in the playoffs, he has a great playoffs. Saints, he leads the Saints to the Super Bowl. Maybe you see Breeze there on top. And maybe Breeze plays a little bit. I think it's big for the MVP race for Breeze to get uh, 4,000 yards. To me, to have someone at 3,900 yards, 199 yards, 92 yards, excuse me, can you give them the MVP in this day and age to a quarterback that has less than 4,000 yards passing? I mean, we'll all see, and it will go down right before the Super Bowl and the NFL honors. 
but I think it'd go to either or. Um, I would probably right now as it stands, they're about tied, and I'd go co MVP. There's still one week to one more week to play, but to me, that's where I stand on this issue. I mean, it can really go either way. Now, who knows? But when you look at it, um, it's about tied. I think I see where the Breeze side is, and I'm on that side. Like my fan um, point of view, saying you know Breeze get Breeze this. MVP, he deserves it because Breeze has had multiple times where he deserves the MVP and didn't get it. You know, he was the yards record, didn't get it. And now you're looking at Mahomes, that's that same argument because probably he's younger and he's more flashier and he's got the hair, he's got the little quirks that all the media loves and he can give them stories. Maybe it goes to Mahomes and that's probably the difference there. But I think Breeze may get it just because given the people are going to say he deserved, he deserved it a long time ago. This is a year where we could give it to him and they'll give it to him. And look again, fourteen and two sounds a lot better than thirteen and three. Being only being two better, two more games better than Mahomes. Excuse me, than one. I think may go into the voters' minds too. Now look, um, I think that's kind of how it stands here. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to Mahomes. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to Breeze. But to me, I think they're tied. Mahomes comes out, he chokes this game. They go to the wild card game, and the Chargers win. Chargers go to the first seed. Um, Chiefs go into the, like the five or six seed, five seed. Excuse me. Um, then it's Breeze all the way. And I don't think you can fault that. But if the Chiefs, they take care of business and they play really, really good and they go really far in the playoffs, maybe give it to Mahomes. But right now, I think it's deadlock tie. We'll see what happens this week and in the playoffs. But for as it stands, I would go with tie. It's just, it's very, very tough because um, Mahomes does have the stats, but Breeze has other stats. The more analytical stats, Breeze has. The more concrete stats, yards, touchdowns, that stuff, Mahomes has. Breeze also has less um interceptions which is more of a concrete stat so maybe that's huge there but to me that's where it all stands there and our final question this week was from who at 13 23 43 and he asked how can this secondary become elite and to me i think the secondary when you look at it i think they have a lot of great qualities looking at marshall Lattimore, looking at um eli apple and to me when eli apple's playing at the top of his game this they look elite that's what it is when you're looking at it, that's really what it's been. Marshawn Lattimore, he's got to play at the top of his game because he's probably going to play some good receivers in the playoffs. Now the Bears, they don't really have many good receivers. Dallas, they got Amari Cooper. Got to stop Amari Cooper. And you're looking at the Seahawks, they got Doug Baldwin. Um, really the Rams. They're really that only really high-octane offense we're going to have to face is the Rams. Got to stop them. Got to, got to, got to stop them. And if they're going to do that, they're probably going to need... If we're going to stop them to less than 20 points, they're going to need the elite secondary. And I think that... Um, when you look at it, I think the Saints could could do that if Eli Apple's playing at the top of his game. Now, if Eli Apple's playing bad, like he was against Dallas, that's another story. They're probably not so good. If Eli Apple's playing okay, like he has most of his years, basically how he's been basically throughout as a Saint, he hasn't been a top player, but he's been a second corner. You're going to see an average secondary. So to me, it's going to kind of fall on Eli Apple. P.J. Williams, he turned it around. He was awful in the beginning of the season. Amazing. At the end of the season, got to give it to PJ Williams. I think we'll see him this day as well. Um, he's been just outstanding. Um, got to give a shout out to him because he's been great. Other players in the secondary, maybe if Kirk Coleman plays a really good safety, that could help. He had a huge play against the Steelers. That can also help as well there. But to me, I think it kind of falls on Eli Apple. If Eli Apple can be, take the next step and really take that first round talent to be a good corner and a solid corner, maybe even a low end first corner, you'll see the Saints be really good because then you have Lattimore on one end, Eli Apple, who's not a shutdown corner by any means like Lattimore is, or, you know, even like a mid-tier first corner. If he can just be in a low-end first corner, play really good, 
I think you'll see a lot of success for the Saints in that secondary. So, and our final question this week was from Hudat132343, and he asked, how can this secondary become elite? And to me, I think the secondary, when you look at it, I think they have a lot of great qualities. Looking at Marshawn Lattimore, looking at um, Eli Apple, and to me, when Eli Apple's playing at the top of his game, this they look elite. That's what it is. When you're looking at it, that's really what it's been. Marshawn Lattimore, he's got to play at the top of his game because he's probably going to play some good receivers in the playoffs. Now the Bears, they don't really have many good receivers. Dallas, they got Amari Cooper. Got to stop Amari Cooper. And you're looking at the Seahawks, they got Doug Baldwin. Um, really the Rams. They're really that only really high-octane offense we're going to have to face is the Rams. Got to stop them. Got to, got to, got to stop them. And if they're going to do that, they're probably going to need – if we're going to stop them to less than 20 points, they're going to need the elite secondary. And I think that um, when you look at it, I think the Saints could, could do that if Eli Apple's playing at the top of his game. Now, if Eli Apple's playing bad like he was against Dallas, that's another story. They're probably not so good. If Eli Apple's playing okay, like he has most of his years, basically how he's been basically throughout as a Saint, he hasn't been a top player, but he's been a second corner. You're going to see an average secondary. So to me, it's going to kind of fall on Eli Apple. PJ Williams, he turned it around. He was awful in the beginning of the season. Amazing at the end of the season. Got to give it to PJ Williams. I think we'll see him this day as well. Um, He's been just outstanding. Got to give a shout out to him because he's been great. Other players in the secondary, maybe if Kirk Coleman plays a really good safety, that could help. He had a huge play against the Steelers. That can also help as well there. But to me, I think it kind of falls on Eli Apple. If Eli Apple can be, take the next step and really take that first-round talent to be a good corner and a solid corner, maybe even a low-end first corner, you'll see the Saints be really good. Because then you have Lattimore on one end, Eli Apple, who's not a shutdown corner by any means like Lattimore is, or you know, even like a mid-tier first corner. If he can just be in a low-end first corner, play really good, I think you'll see a lot of success for the Saints in that secondary. So with all that said, I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. So if you enjoyed this episode and enjoyed this podcast and you haven't followed us on our various platforms, you can follow us on Twitter at the Dis, on Instagram at Discussion, on Podomatic at the Discussion, And then also you could subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Google Play channel, our iTunes channel, and our YouTube channel at the Discussion on all those platforms. Please like, comment, rate, review us. You know, say what we're doing good, say what maybe we need to work on. We're getting a lot of feedback, and it's just really great. I mean, obviously, our last episode was just, I mean, a hit. I mean, I guess with the Saints getting the first seed, all Saints fans are hyped, and they're listening to more videos. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who watched from just the bottom of my heart. I mean, you guys are making my dream a reality. So I just want to say thank you to everyone. I mean, Saints obviously playing great 13-2 right now. I'm wearing the rep in the South shirt when they win the NFC South. So that was obviously great there. I mean, got the shirt, picked it up. I mean, looks great. Um, Look, now we're going on. We want more t-shirts. We want more locker room celebrations. We want to play Chopper style more. We want to play Hit the Sean Payton more, which is obviously the songs that they were playing this week. We want to see the bike dance by Teddy Moore. I mean, we just want to see everything and it could continue this week. I mean, they'll probably be dancing still if they win. But obviously, we want it to continue in the playoffs. Um, just all that stuff. We really, really, I mean, I really want to see the Saints just succeed in the playoffs this year. This is their year to me. When you look at it, there's not many times you get that first seat. And they have it this year. And this is our chance. So let's go over it and take care of it. And we'll see what this team can do in the playoffs. Next week will be our... Um, playoff preview we're just going to do one episode next week and it's going to be our playoff preview so i hope everyone 
um, tuned in. And really, that's all I got to say here. So with all that said, I wanted to say thank you, prove them right, and who that?